Hey, Anna, what's going down? What's going down? Tell me what's going down. We are on the recovery pod. Hey! What's going down? Yeah, I'm fuck with that. What? What, what? Uh... <laughs> okay. So, hey? Hey? What's going down? I just, like... I get really defeated when I can't figure stuff out. Mm. I, if I can't fix something or just set something up, it makes me feel like I'm not smart enough or something. And like my whole job consists of that. And I just, it just like worries me how I'm gonna <laughs> live my life. <laughs> right because it's it bothers me to my core like we have you know technicians that they they can't figure something out they're like oh whatever but for me it's like such a big problem even if I'm just doing it for like you know home stuff mm -hmm. well maybe that'll make you more valuable you know what I mean Where where it's like you know eventually they'll see Hey, you know, like, these people kind of just shrug it off, like, eh, whatever. And then this girl keeps it going. She's like, no, I'm going to figure this out, you know. So sometimes there could be value there. And you can use that as a little kick in the ass sometimes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't have my list. I can't look at my list because it's on my phone. But, um. What what other topics have we had that we uh oh, shit. have wanted to talk about? I don't know. You want to talk about steps? Oh, I have to talk enough about the steps three times a week already. I'm <laughs> hating. <laughs> well, I wanted to do that um, early recovery thing. Oh yeah. You know okay. what I mean? So where okay. where not necessarily has to be focused on steps, right? But I mean, I kind of break it down like one through. Whatever, but like, all right. First thirty days of sobriety. What do you got to do? What's what? Because what's important at day one through thirty isn't necessarily the same things that are important. You know, three months, six months, one year. What's really important? Your first thirty days of sobriety. Uh, coming down off drugs. <laughs> Going Safely. Through Going through the withdrawals. But no, alright. Yeah, so you can do the same shit you do the first month of sobriety as later on, you know, six months in. Those, I feel like that time is for learning how to exist mm. and survive. And not think about drugs. So you can't give the same advice to an early re addict and re early recovery as you can to the one. You know, I can't just sit there and tell them like, hey, you know, um, just think about think about why you want to use. Think about the bad things that are going in your life that are making you think about this and feel this way. You can't tell them that. You can't. 
Because then they'll start thinking and dwelling because <laughs> there's no understanding of dwelling and there's no be, between dwelling and, and solving, you know, solutions. So in that time, you have to distraction, distraction, constant distraction until you kind of like get the feel of life that you th- then you gain this confidence that, OK, I can go day to day. I can live, I can exist without this need to escape, to use. And then once you gain that confidence, then you can build off of that and do other things. Okay. If that makes sense. <clears throat> that That's how my was. No, it makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, I wonder if sometimes our meetings are just too thick. You know what I mean? For like people who yeah. are really early on because we're talking about. I had that thought before. Deeper, I had... We're not necessarily talking all the time about the deepest issues, but we are definitely talking about self-reflection. And yeah, I mean, I honestly never really thought of it too much of, you know, I've thought of the whole, I guess when I brought the topic up, I'm thinking like, get rid of you using friends, go to meetings. But like, <gasps> you're on the whole other. No, no, you're on the whole nother tip, which I'm glad you went to because it's like, hey, don't focus on like your deep scars of your past right now. Don't focus on the the crazy unknown future right now. Like stay sober, get away from the drug, you know, withdrawal process. I mean, shit, you're like, you know, brain is all wiry, your nerves are shot, you know, your your automatic behaviors are like ingrained in your daily behavior. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, distract yourself like not not just distract yourself like not let's pick up a new like behavior to check out a life or but to a degree like let's make it through the day then you get the drugs out of your system exactly you get your drugs out of your system for a little bit you know you have like maybe little bits pieces moments of you know self-reflection and distraction and being and thinking and you know whatever and then and then it's like the further you get removed from the substance as far as uh distracting you because your body's shot or squirreling your wires up because you know you got a drug inducing these highs and lows and ups and downs then you can slowly start to like oh let's look at you let's look in the mirror today let's look at these things you continue to do let's look at the way you talk to people let's look at you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some of these like current day right now behaviors. Fuck what you did in the past. We'll get to that. We're not going to close the door on it. But um and fuck what might happen tomorrow. Let's focus on what you're doing right now and kind of yeah, so you just took it to the heart. I like that. I like that about you. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really thinking about the physical. It was like all mental things that you got to do. Because they're, they're the most important things, you know? Because, like, yeah, um, it is... A, so, it's kind of like a breakup you're going through. Like, you're you're breaking up with this life, and you want to get... You want to get all the memories, all of it out of sight, out of mind. Uh, switch the place you lived in. Switch the people you were around. Get rid of all, the st- all its belongings. Um, burn them... Uh, throw them out, you know, it, it's just getting over, it's grieving a whole life, dude. It's grieving. Yeah. Literally. And it's a whole just 
life you have to let go of. You know, the reason why people come back, relapse, is because they can't let go of the life. They can't grieve it. The grieving is too painful to handle. And so, yeah. Ah, I had, I had something there I was going to get to, but. Well, like, yeah, I like how you've seen it like a breakup. And it's like, yeah, you got to get rid of all the reminders, all the little things, the little smells, the little like motion, you know, like just certain things remind you of them. Sometimes you can't even hang out with the same friends because like. No. They're in the same. Well, not just using friends, but the same friends as a relationship breakup because they'll remind you anyway oh yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah it is kind of like a breakup but then it's like you got to get the new behaviors you can't you don't want to get too used to like yeah distract yourself but you don't want to get too used to early on a habit of checking out in other ways like when you break up with someone you might want to sit in your room for a few days and just kind of like sulk it out right but you don't want right. to do that for a month or two you know what i mean you don't want to sit in that room just woe is me isolating and and mourning this breakup forever ride it out for a couple days but then you gotta like start to pick up bits and pieces of a new relationship of a new life um because if you just try to like not think of the old relationship all the time you're gonna just stay in that funky state you know what i mean but yeah i mean like early on it, it was i've had a couple different um first 30 days but, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is to, the biggest thing for me was to just let everything go. Like, fuck what happened before. Reset. Worry about right here, right now. Focus on me and my sobriety. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't mean I'm selfishly, like, only looking out for myself or, like, ignoring people or anything. I am my priority. Like, me. Me being sober is more important than me holding an obligation to you, helping you out, um... You know, coming and dancing back near the fire because of you, like for people who call and are like, hey, can you bail me out? Or, hey, old using buddies calling and needs a ride really bad. You're the only person in this world that can give them the ride. Like, sorry, bro. Like, you're on your own. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it seems cold. And a lot of people don't like to do those things in the beginning because it's like it, we're not used to putting up boundaries or um, saying no. You know what I mean? And it feels rude. And it's like, well, this person was there for me so many times. I can't just bail on them. It's like, yeah, you can. You know, because when I relapse, who's going to be there to pick me up? Right. You know what I mean? And and either way, it's life and death. Like, I might be clean right now, but if I relapse, I might not get the willingness to even try to get clean for another five years. You know, it, I know myself. So, um, yeah, them first 30 days are wild but basics though what do we do for the basics what can, what can one do if your best friend was getting clean what would you tell them to do in their first 30 days physically not just emotionally like what should they put into action well like we said changing the environment and not be around drugs and alcohol for a certain period of time. What if my partner uses? Break up. Just like that? Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> no, um... You mean I can't live in a I crack out, house my first 30 days being sober? When I got out, I remember I was still with uh, my ex. And I still went to the house. But it was like... He wouldn't use in front of me. He would hide all the drugs, blah, blah, blah. Or no, he actually lied to me and said he wasn't using. But hmm. found out from his my friend, his roommate, she said he was bullshitting me the whole time. Whatever. So um, I was under the impression he was on my level. So I was like, okay, fine. But if I would have known he was still part of it, I would have more controlled environments. I would be like, well, I'm not going to go to your house, but we can hang out somewhere else. Right. And just don't use it in front of me. And if they disrespect that, disrespect the boundary, you, you either, one, if you decide to put yourself and your recovery above that, you can be like that can be a sign to you you'll read the sign that this person disrespects you not worth your time or otherwise if you don't put yourself in your recovery above you're gonna put them above and you're gonna lose your recovery so it's two options there very you know and it all depends on how badly you want recovery how bad do you want it yeah. If you want it bad enough, you'd be like, dude, I can't. <clears throat> Fuck you. Like, but if you don't want it bad enough, then you would just give in. Right. And and sometimes, you know, people think like, oh, you know, I can't just leave this partner. I love them. They're special to me. They were there for me when I was fucking up. Blah, blah, blah. I've heard it all. Mm-hmm. You know, and people think it has to be all yes or all no. You know what I mean? Like, I... Like I do. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you. But, I mean, if you want to be the volunteer for this, like, for this example... Sounds like me. <laughs> no, like, so they'll think, like, oh, I either need to stay with this person with no boundaries and just be all around whatever they decide to have me around. Or I need to break up with them, never speak to them again, and, and both of them feel extreme. Like, why can't it ever be, like... I can't be around you right now. Babe, love of my life. You you want to be with me. You've been there through me, with me, through thick and thin. You know, obviously, if they're messing up and they were there for you when you were messing up, like, they got caught up in it again, you know, or something. So it's like, to be the best me, I need to, I need to do this. And to do this, I can't be around that. So, like, pause. Why can't there be a pause button? You know what I mean? Why can't there be a, I need to go get right right now. Why don't you just fall back? You know what I mean? Because people are so codependent, you know? And it's like, you're either with me or you're gone. But it's like, no, I need to go heal right now. And being around you makes me heal. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm not talking to you directly. No, I'm just... like... This whole pausing thing, you know? If you... If you have to... If you leave... If you have to leave and, you know, go do you or or something, you're not going to want to come back. Right. And maybe that's not a bad thing. It is, it is, it is a, not a bad thing. But I'm just saying, I was just talking about the ending result. 
You have to leave. Right. But let's just say two people really are good together. Right? Let's say two people really at, at their sober levels or whatever. They're good people for each other. And one feels like they need to stay because the other one, you know, is is not going to do well or, or they may they might break up or whatever. But it's like for me to be sober, I got to leave. People don't have enough courage to be like, look, this is what I know I need to do for myself. I'm asking you to, like, help me make this hard decision for mm-hmm. us to just separate, like, for me to have the space, time, and energy I need to heal. I hope you're there for me at the end. But let's just release the little outcome balloons we hold on to. Like, if it doesn't play out that way, I'm not going to, like try to exert my will you know what i mean because people are too selfish to do that it's a pretty scary thing to do yeah what's that alarm for baby pill i'm gonna snooze it you better go take it right now i'm getting water because my throat is getting crazy i guess you can just get my baby pill then while you're out all right where is it uh my, where where my essential oils are Yeah, the old one you can just toss if you want. The sound of babies dying. Oh, God, that's horrible. <laughs> I'm going to remix that. The sound of babies dying with auto tune and shit. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to a topic of relationships and early recovery but they I'm sorry they don't work if you both are using if you both are addicts um if you have began the relationship using together you're you're not gonna last together once you both get clean I just have not seen that. It's it's very rare. And and then it turns into what you were talking about, like people just kind of going below the radar, lying, you know. And I don't know if y'all ever got clean with someone before, but like when you are going one way and they're going another, it's crazy because it's like, <clears throat> all right, we're not doing drugs, we're not living the old lifestyle, right? But I'm going to meetings and I'm engaged and I'm doing self-inventory and I'm, you know, changing behaviors and thinking patterns. You just existent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you still defect heavy. Well, well, you know? you know, it's, it's, what it is is, who are you getting clean for? You know, mm. in a relationship, both want to get clean, but want, one wants to get clean for themselves because they truly want it. And the other one... Just wants to follow in their footsteps like a lost puppy, you know? And that's the problem. Now, if you both want it for for yourself, that that works. But it's rare. The problem is that it's rare that both want it for themselves. Right. So, yeah, I guess I, I'm sorry I said that it's... <laughs> Just all in recovery. It's just the ones who do it for their partner and, you know, their partner goes 
and gets clean. Right. No, people can totally get clean together. Like, I, I don't think... So, yeah, like, and this goes back, and we won't stay too far on it, because we've talked about it before. I think it was episode 14, go back, listen back. Shit, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Well, like 60-something. It was but, under, um, the, it was recorded under the stars. Hey, we did do it outside in the stars, mm-hmm. under the, on the blanket. Yeah. Nice memory. <laughs> um, fuck, what was I going to say? Yeah. Um, no, nah, people can get clean together, right? And it comes down to, like, what you just said, the motive, you know, codependency and losing yourself in the other person like sitting there absorbing distracting yourself with the other person their behaviors you know attaching to the outcome that it has to work at all costs like if if both of y'all can focus on yourselves do your very best to change your behaviors get clean do some self-inventory focus on yourself you know fucking do the next right thing focus on yourself you will be good and focus on yourself Focus on yourself? Your damn self. Focus on yourself. But also other relationships, like friends, you know what I mean? Like, I see a lot of people who cannot let go of friends. Like, not even just using friends, just bad friends. You know, fuck using friends. That's a given. Like, don't fucking hang around people who use. You you know, you're, you're just setting yourself up. All right, so, like, I break it down like this. If I'm trying to switch to being a vegan, I can't go hang out at McDonald's every day. I can go there sometimes if someone's like, hey, can you meet me at McDonald's? I'm going to trade you this fucking Pokemon card. I'll be like, yeah, dude, let's go, right? But, like, I can't go to McDonald's every day and hang out from 5 o'clock till 10 o'clock without picking up a Big Mac. It's not going to happen. I might go a week. I might go two weeks. I might whatever. I'm going to see people eating there all the time. The aroma's in the air. The vibes are hitting me. I'm going to be hungry. So weedy meal. (laughs) But, like, no, nah, I'm going to be feeling it. Like, I can go to McDonald's hungry and stick to my vegan diet. I will never be vegan. Sorry, Eric. But, like, <laughs> I can go to McDonald's, stop by, be hungry, stop by, quick, in and out, check my motives. Nope, I'm living a new life. Don't want that shit. Don't, don't like the way it makes me feel. Zoom. But, like, if I sit there forever, I might make it a night, might make it two before that cray. Oh, them nuggets smell good. Oh, shit. And then it's like, mm, let me just take, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. That's how shit happens. So, not just, okay. So, <laughs> wow. I just went way off on trail. So, that's not, that. that's the using friends. There's also just shitty friends. And that's what makes people use again because they're still suck, stuck in... Like, codependent relationships, not even just with partners, but with friends. They're getting, like, used, you know, berated, just whatever. They, they, somebody, you're not finding the power to break patterns, damn, in other areas of your life, you know? Yeah. I'm done. (laughs) No. Um. So... I like I like how we got to uh, in relationships. It's it's just not a good idea in general to be in a relationship in early recovery because the codependency factor itself. I mean, all addicts beneath the surface are codependent. Like the majority, almost all, you know, some have it worse than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're in a codependent relationship and you're trying to get clean, 
you do lose focus off yourself in recovery and get lost in the other person. Right. And it's very rare that you don't. So um, I just keep thinking to your, how when you got clean, it must have been that you just wanted it bad enough that you would put that before, you know, it would drown out your codependency factor. And the other person was very codependent, just focusing on what you were doing that, um, that's, that's, it's impossible to, to work on yourself. Well, like the one thing I did early on, cause I was in a relationship when I got sober with someone I used with, I had the mindset straight up and I communicated it to this person, but I had the mindset that sobriety comes first. If this shit does not work out, sobriety comes first. Yeah. So other things happened that got me to stay way past the point where I shouldn't have. But um, yeah, like, but here's the thing, too. So I know we talk a lot about like when we when we do talk about early, you know, recovery relationships, you know, yes, it's probably best not to do it. But that's not always an option. You know what I mean? It's kind of like having a sex education you know at school abstinence is the key right but who's gonna do it so it's good to also talk about safe ways to do it you know what i mean like we're gonna date people are gonna fucking date they're lonely you know maybe they just got out of a shitty relationship and somebody's you know coming along looking like prince charming oh i just met a guy at the meeting he's got two weeks more than i do you know what i mean we're both less than a month but i mean come on we got our shit together so it's gonna happen And in the event that you're not going to take the just don't date in early recovery advice, you're going to, you know, feed your need. You're going to take risks and think you're, fuck, how many people have I seen who found their fucking soulmate, you know, after like a week of talking, you know, and they're both like under a year clean. And then how long does it last? Not even usually a month. You know, if that, it's just like a big But that's not every case, but that's what happens when you go into the relationship thinking, oh, this is all good. I'm going off these rushes. I'm going off these feelings. I'm going off what they're saying they're going to do rather than what I'm actually seeing them do. I'm I'm finding my missing piece in you, blah, 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 blah. This is going to become a relationship pod? I guess so. (laughs) All right, so what else should they do in early recovery? (laughs) Hey, well, already too far in fuck (laughs) should I change the light to the red light (laughs) yeah um, (laughs) no like the safe ways of doing it what what do you think are the safe ways kind of like I just said you know like staying staying in the day um not define putting your recovery first always like um not jumping in like don't meet somebody and think wow like this is great i'm gonna go like don't fucking move in with them the first week how about that you know what i mean like people do this shit wear a condom if you are gonna date 
and the reco and for early recovery, these are all the things are that are gonna happen. Right. Early in recovery. So it's so, just gonna have to be So try not to do that. You're gonna feel all the feelings. You're gonna feel all the rushes like this guy's for me. It just stopped as you were talking. Man, well, we're still doing this. What the fuck, bruh? Little technical difficulty. So, you're gonna feel all the little warm and fuzzies. You're gonna feel the rush. You're gonna think this is the one. Just learn to control that impulse. That's what it is, because we have zero impulse control as addicts. We feel something, and it is so fucking hard not to do it, because our thoughts are telling us to, our feelings are telling us to, we want to, so why the fuck won't I? Learn to hone it in if you want a good relationship. Take your time. Meet someone, enjoy the time you spend with them. Think, wow, this is an awesome person. But, you know, when he when he turns around and wants to spend every waking second with you, when, you know, the first week you guys meet, just fall back. When he wants to move in your house, because actually he's living in his mom's, but he really loves you. And, you know, he wants to move into your house after, like, two weeks. No, red flag. You know what I mean? Like, take your time. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get so lost and absorbed in this rush. And it's going to become this rise and it's not always going to explode. Like, there are good people, but healthy relationships don't start off binging. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. really don't. It's a quick it's a quick progression of all things. You just quick start, heavy beginning, and explosive end. Like, that's how it happens a lot in early recovery. Yeah. And the people that do stay together, they are just bound to each other. You know what I mean? They... I don't know if they're together because they really care for each other or they're together so they're not alone. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's kind of hard to tell, but... Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I just... Not, not to not... People are going to date. You know what I mean? Not everybody that dates in early recovery is a horrible person. It's just these are the types of things that can happen. And no, it's... I think these are the types of things that can make people relapse or... Just really feel the insanity of addiction without using because they're finding their powerlessness and feeding into it with other people. You know what I mean? No, that like that rush that you get from being with someone, that replaces the rush of drugs. And it's just right. a way to... You're not getting clean, you're just finding a different drug. And so... um It's not really a problem of what happens in the beginning. It's just a problem of how it'll, you know, that there, a lot of it, a lot of people are trauma bonded because, you know, almost all addicts have trauma. So people get trauma bonded that way and that never ends good. There isn't a deeper love a deeper connection it's just that trauma trigger misinterpreted as love um or falling in love yeah because i mean when we're early on like we we know it all 
We feel it strongly, you know, and we just go. We don't think. We're just running in the street. You know yeah. what I mean? It's fun. It's, oh, the sun's shining. Sprinklers are going up. Oh, there goes my ball. Running in the road. And then, bam. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not bad to take your time. You know what I mean? Like and, it's and hard it's, though. It is very hard. Very hard. Yeah, I'm not trying to make it seem like it's easy. Especially, yeah, when you add in the traumas of, you know, the abandonment, oh, if I don't, you know, continue with this relationship and I put up a, a boundary where I'm like, Yeah, no, I really do want to spend time with you, but I need to fall back, focus on my recovery, now I might lose you. You know, it could be rejection, abandonment. I just wanna be around somebody. I have you know, needs for touch, bonding, you know, whatever, whatever. But that's, that's not good for your recovery. So if, if the person has a hard time with impulse control with drugs, I mean, it's the same, same difficulty for impulse control with relationships and love and... And what's the cure? Do we moderate our drugs or do we not use them? Not use them. So, if someone has that bad of impulse control with a relationship, what would you tell them? No dating early in recovery. There you go. What Why did you say that earlier? What? Uh, <laughs> what? All right. So we yeah, got the dating shit. There's different kinds. Oh, there's, we're still talking about. The, <laughs> there's the starting to date, and then there's the started to get clean and dating and there's all kinds of stuff all right so we got our point across don't we're date, done we're you know, done just just die alone <laughs> all right so we got that don't hang out with your using friends they're stupid they don't know what they're talking about uh go to some meetings huh? uh, what do you think about meetings at first i know I, we probably talked about this but okay okay yeah, so, oh my god, that is what, that is the answer you've been looking for this whole time. Wow. How did I not say that? Yeah, probably because I hated meetings when I first, my thing, I was terrified of people. Terrified of people? I was. You, well, you want to be around people all the time. Okay, listen, here's, here's the thing. Okay. I, I'm very extroverted and I want to be around people, but very certain type. And it's, it was the type that didn't have to know me. Hmm. You wanted to go to a mask, masquerade ball. I did. You didn't want to go to the, the real raw. That was my only way of feeling accepted because I didn't accept myself. I hated myself and I didn't want others to know who I really was. So if, so putting on a mask and being around people where I could be fake, it felt safe. It okay. felt good and it fulfilled my extrovertedness thing. Yeah. Okay. Now, the meeting terrified me because this is where I have to be me. This is where I have to come clean, tell these people about my struggles about my problems, about how much of a piece of shit I am, and it terrified me. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. It was hard to go. Um, the first year when I when the first year when I was in rehab, I pretty much bullshitted. 
I tried to pick and choose certain little things that I thought wouldn't be as bad to talk about. So I would just focus on the shit that wasn't even really an issue, but just to show that I did some work. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but coming to the one in Big Rapids, (laughs) oh man, I was quiet. I was scared. I was... Not special. <laughs> was that special? Um, yeah. Okay. But I had a, I was a very special case. But the point being is that meetings are important because there is nowhere else in this world that you can come to with yourself with your addictness, with your behaviors, where people will accept you, listen, and understand. Nowhere. Not with your fucking family, not with your friends, not with your co-workers, not with your classmates. They will, you know, they'll have all different reactions, but by the end of the day, there's judgment, there's fear, and there's a lot of shit. With the people in meetings, there's none of that. It's all just pure clean support love um help all that okay very yeah. important yo yo all right i'm done no it was good i wouldn't i wouldn't try to jump in <laughs> no so like yeah i mean it's that it, it's not something i wanted to do early on but i can tell you like i had a phenomenal first year of recovery this time um going to meetings like right off the bat you know Going to him in rehab, I was like, eh, I kind of have to, so whatever. They don't give you the option not to. Um, found the one I liked, so once, once maybe twice a week, I actually enjoyed them and got something out of it. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I had no plan to go to them when I got back to Big Rapids and um, back to my like regular routine, but like, do the 1990, like, oh, whatever, you know what I mean? And honestly, if I hadn't met Angie, like, I don't know if I really would have. Because she was so cool and, like, had, like, a, a nice vibe with getting people involved in stuff. Mm. So, like, go into my outpatient. They want you to follow up with your appointment. I went there, met everybody. You know, I think I went... I don't think I went to a meeting the night I got out, but I did the next night. But, like, yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Like, went there. I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do this. But, like, oh, it's a good suggestion. It's like, all right. I want to be one of the ones that make it. You know what I mean? I don't want to, like, not do it. At least not give it a shot. If I go and they fucking suck, then then all right. Then, like, I don't think I'm going to... I don't think I would have went if they were all horrible. Now, if they were all, like, the one on Monday night, I wouldn't have fucking gone. <laughs> like, I would have not been sober, probably, because that wasn't recovery to me. Anyway, um, it's just a really good opportunity to, like, hear a constant random... Not so random, but yeah, random message to do the 90 and 90 because I had to go to three different towns and I had to go to AA, NA, whatever. And it was like, there was probably five different groups of people I'd see weekly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I seen the NA people, I seen like the Reed City people. I'd see the Everett people, and I'd see the the Big Rapids. So Big Rapids NA and Big Rapids AA here, and then Big Rapids AA here. So, like, and then 1016. So it was, like, 
constant different dynamics of groups, different types of sharing. Like, it seems like everyone had somewhat of a theme, you know what I mean? Like, these kind of people shared, like, NA was always real deep, you know what I mean? And real, like, thought-feeling-based. You know, some of the AAs were more, like, process recovery based you know mm. like you got to do these things call a sponsor you know reach out to a newcomer blah 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 so anyway I, I got to hear a lot of shit and then i got to hear a lot of random tidbits from 90 days worth in my first 90 days so as much as you don't have fucking time you got an hour a day you spent way more time in your addiction fucking searching for drugs doing drugs or fucking zonked out on drugs you have an hour a day to dedicate to your recovery i don't want to hear shit Mm -hmm. so go to the fucking meetings you know go with an open mind try to hear something you don't know try to try to be able to be told something you don't have to listen to everything you know some people don't know what the fuck they're talking about they're still people but for the most part they're not going to really say anything that's not going to help keep you sober so, I mean, if you want it and, and and you're able to get out of your own way, like, go to fucking meetings. I don't want to hear it. It's a fucking order. Yeah, you gotta, like, become obsessed with recovery as much as you're obsessed with using. And you just basically have to replace that obsession. I liked it. You know, it kept me busy. When when I would have had a lot of time to, like, sit on ass, watching TV, you know, feeling sorry for myself, I'd get to get out, meet people, reflect, hear some things that, that I did think of later. You know, there were so many times. Like, the one time, I've only heard him say it maybe three times at meetings where he talked about remaining teachable. And he, and, and this is a dude who's who had, like, eight to ten years at the time, and, like, that stuck with me. Just him just being like, I need to remain teachable. It was the the closer or like nearly like one last line in like a five minute share of his. That's what I took from that. And I never forgot it. You know what I mean? So when I go to like my job, when it comes to just a lot of different aspects of life, not even just recovery, I'm like, I need to remain teachable. I need to not act like I got this shit all figured out because then that's where my progress stops. That's where I stop trying to learn or being willing to do it better or different. So, I mean, like, that's one. The you are not special thing came from dude in rehab. That wasn't even in a meeting, but that stuck with me like that. I was hella special. And who knows what my recovery would have looked like if I still just move forward with the belief that I was that fucking special. You know what I mean? It, to the point where it was, you know, making me nervous and everything. My perfectionism was huge till he told me that. And I still have some a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But, like, that knocked it down a significant amount. I mean, it, if if I was, like, fully identified, he knocked me off to where I could at least, like, see, like, whoa, is that not reality? You know what I mean? And then knew another world existed. I'll say it like that. But... Yeah, and just meeting people who who understand you, who have been where you've been, but are doing something different is huge. And I never went and hung out with anybody. And every now and then, like we'd we'd all squat up and go to like a meeting out of town. We'd um you know hang out and linger after a meeting. We did the bonfire thing, show up early and kind of shoot the shit. 
But I didn't like meet people and think, wow, you're a really cool dude. Like, let's just go hang out at your house. You know what I mean? I never did that. And I think that's a big thing, too, that kind of kept me kind of safeguarded. I am kind of a loner. Mm. A little bit. So. Kind of a boner. I'll show you kind of a boner. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> so, yeah. Fucking go to meetings, man. Dude, legit, like, I, I just kind of glanced up here, and then I seen this part right here, out of the corner of my eye, and I thought it was like a ghost head. I'm just like, who the fuck is that third person sitting there? Yeah. What you doing, bro? I would have screamed and... <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... The meetings... The meetings... Messages... That... It's, I don't know, I've said this on a meeting, but to me, it's like, I mean, all the things included in recovery, like, I, I look at it as going, as working out and having a fit, muscular body mm. and <laughs> your keep, fucking dreams. Keep going. It's never going to happen again, ever again. I'm such a lazy fat ass. Okay. There's that positive self-talk you keep talking about. <laughs> and when somebody decides to live a healthier lifestyle, they go to the gym every day and they keep up with it. They know that you can't get to a certain point where you've worked out, you got the perfect body, and you stop. Because if you stop, you'll you'll get yourself back to where you were. So if you keep doing those things and keeping up on it working out those muscles you you can remain in that that way same with recovery like you have to do these things every single day or a few times a week um you know like going to meetings doing the steps reading self-help books, talking to your sponsor, talking to somebody, you know, whatever it is, whatever that works, whatever, and those messages that you receive, those messages you mostly receive through meetings, if you're not a reader, you can receive those messages through reading, you can receive those messages through listening to the recovery pod, you can receive those messages through just somewhere. But the meeting is the is the easiest, most accessible place to receive them from. And those messages are are the the muscle workouts. I I, I don't know. Or the cardio something. And wow, we've really been talking for half an hour. Damn. I'm sorry, do you have another date? <laughs> I have a a date with my bed. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> For work. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up. But yeah. And you have to receive them regularly because that's what keeps your muscles in shape. If you stop, those messages will get lost. You will forget them and your muscles will... Does this also apply to sex? <laughs> Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? Yes. 
It goes. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, peeps. Are we done? Are we done? Okay. Are we done? Did you have anything to say? Hey, what's going down? You're on the live episode of the Recovery Pod. Ugh. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the hands. <laughs> <laughs>